Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is indigo, crystal, and other children. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting a psychic insight is a question of individual belief. And let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subject that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names. We apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of New Age mysticism. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. The subject for for today is my suggestion. The subject seems a bit New Age for you. Even if there's only a small amount of truth to New Age beliefs, there would be some reason for optimism. But is it too soon in human history for important questions to be answered? New Age seems to have been around for a while and seems to encompass a lot of different ideas. It's sometimes an entire section in the bookstore. Here's part of an article from Rational Wiki explaining New Age. Quote, New Age is a catch-all term for a wide range of spiritual and social movements developed mostly from the human potential movement of the 1960s and 1970s. Characteristic of the so-called New Age movement is the focus on spiritual matters with an emphasis on individuality. New Age beliefs are often attributed to real or alleged Asian mystics, particularly Indian and Tibetan, 
and many New Age type beliefs draw heavily from Eastern religions, particularly Hinduism. The New Age movement lacks intellectual rigor and shuns scientific approaches to reality, ostensibly due to the perceived separation between science and spirituality, but also under the pretense of a vague postmodernism. New Age believers typically take a pick and mix approach to spirituality, adapting beliefs and practices from a wide variety of sources such as Hinduism, Neo-Paganism, Ufology, Zen Buddhism, and any other weird concept that may appeal to them." Unquote. That sounded a little mean, but why don't you begin with the discovery of the Indigo Children? The idea of Indigo Children started with Nancy Ann Tapp. Here's a quote from the Awakened State website. Quote, in the early 1960s, a woman named Nancy Ann Tapp discovered she had inherited synesthesia from her grandmother, a rare but natural neurobiological process where two or more senses are crosswired in the brain. This creates alterations in her sensory perception so that she could physically see color and taste shapes. When she would eat food, she would see both color and a geometric shape attached to them. The article goes on. Nancy spent most of her life dedicated to the study of synesthesia and became the owner of colorology, later known as chromotherapy, the study of personality through the science of color. Nancy devoted her life's work towards understanding the new paradigm of consciousness, the study of color and the applications towards the human personality. Nancy saw that what she described as life colors around people. She saw up to 11 of these colors and each color stood for something different pertaining to their personality. During her work in the late 60s, early 70s, she began witnessing a pattern of seeing children with an indigo aura, which became the 12th life color. Thousands of people around the world have come to her for information about the personality and behavior of this new color, and thus the term indigo children was born, unquote. The life colors are the colors of a person's aura, right? Yes, the website Aura Aura explains the meaning of the colors, which can change over time. Here's a description for the color blue. Quote, blue is the color of the throat chakra, ruling communication and self-expression. A blue aura is the mark of a person with natural psychic and intuitive gifts. They are the most caring, nurturing and protective personalities in the color spectrum. Their life purpose is to serve, to help and love others as they live by their hearts and emotions. They are here on this planet to serve mankind and to teach humanity that without love, nothing else matters. They understand that living in the moment is key. Individuals with blue emissions in their energy field have, inner, have an inner knowledge and wisdom and tend to rely on their feelings to determine what is right with, without needing outside facts or data for substantiation. These expressive dreamers place a great importance on personal relationships. Since they are sensitive beings, they need a calm and tranquil environment. They also enjoy meditation and moments of solitude to reflect, unquote. What does an indigo colored aura signify? Again, according to the Aura Aura website, indigo signifies the following, quote, indigo is a color of the third eye chakra relating to intuition and inspiration. Its frequency is the second highest vibrational energy of the visible color spectrum and relates to deep spirituality. People with indigo auras are extremely sensitive to others' energy, which makes them great psychics, oracles, and mediums. They tend to know things before they happen, hear things before they are said, and dream lucidly and literally. 
They are seekers by nature and see the world as something bigger than themselves as an individual. They trust their intuition and can easily discern between truth and illusion. As communicators and connectors, they help those they meet along the way to understand the beauty and vastness of the universe and its mysteries." Unquote. So indigo children have indigo auras, but why did the new aura only start being observed in the 1960s? I couldn't find an answer to that question, but here are some of the traits of an indigo child from the Awakened State website. Quote, strong-willed, born in 1978 to 1995, headstrong, created with an artistic flair for music, jewelry making, poetry, etc., prone to addictions, an old soul as if they're 13 going on 43, intuitive or psychic, possibly with a history of seeing angels or deceased people, an isolationist, either through aggressive acting out or through fragile introversion, independent and proud, even if they're constantly asking you for money, possess a deep desire to help the world in a big way, wavers between low self-esteem and grandiosity, bores easily, has probably been diagnosed as having ADD or ADHD, prone to insomnia, restless sleep, nightmares, or difficulty fear of falling asleep, has a history of depression or even suicidal thoughts or attempts, looks for real deep and lasting friendships, easily bonds with plants or animals, vastly intelligent, great with technology, unquote. So when did the indigo children start being born? There seems to be conflicting information. Was it from the 1960s or late 1970s? There's even more conflicting information for timelines. Dolores Cannon provided an explanation for people with different types of souls being born on Earth in her book, The Three Waves of Volunteers and the New Earth, published in 2011. Here's part of the marketing material for the book. Quote, in 1945, the atomic bomb explodes. Our protectors and watchers in outer space saw the, that Earth was on a collision course with disaster. The prime directive of non-interference prevented them from taking any action. But then they came up with a brilliant plan to save Earth and assist her in her ascension. They couldn't interfere from the outside, but maybe they could influence from the inside. So the call went out for volunteers to come and help. Earth is in trouble. Who wants to volunteer? Dolores Cannon, through her, her hypnosis work, has discovered three waves of these volunteers. Some have come direct from the source and have never lived in any type of physical body before. Others have lived as space beings on other planets or other dimensions. Because all memory is raised upon entry to the Earth dimension, they do not remember their assignment. Thus, these beautiful souls have a difficult time adjusting to our chaotic world. These souls have a vital role to play as they help all of the rest of us ascend to the new Earth." Unquote. Can you give some background on Dolores Cannon? Here's part of an article from the website Edge magazine published on November the 1st, 2014, after she had passed. Quote, Dolores Cannon, a post-life regressionist and hypnotherapist who specialized in the recovery and cataloging of lost knowledge, died on Saturday, October the 18th, following a recent injury. Her career as a hypnotherapist spanning, spanned almost 50 years, and she spent three decades investigating and writing about concepts ranging from life and death, reincarnation, the origins of humanity, UFOs and extraterrestrials, the prophecies of Nostradamus, and a wide variety of other topics. It sounds like she led a fascinating and productive life, but what are the three waves? These are 
described in 2013 on the Dolores Cannon website, but as it is a rather long quote and rather central to the theme of souls incarnating, incarnating on Earth, we will continue with the description of the three waves after the break. Yes, after the short break, we'll discuss the three waves and more about the indigo crystal and other children. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. skeptic or a believer join me rob mcconnell as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the exxon radio tv show on xzbn and the exxon tv channel on simul tv since 1990 the exxon radio tv show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard together we'll investigate ufos aliens ghosts bigfoot psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv 
SimulTV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we're discussing Dolores Cannon and the supposed three waves. So, Dad, can you please continue with the quote from the Dolores Cannon website? Sure. The first wave of these souls now in their late 40s to early 60s, the baby boomer generation, have had the hardest time adjusting to life on Earth. They are horrified by the rampant violence of our world and want to return home, even though they consciously have no idea where it is. Strong emotions like anger and hate deeply disturbed them. Some rebelled against the status quo and even committed suicide to escape the chaos of Earth. They are the prisoners who have paved the way for the second and third. Sorry, they are the pioneers who have paved the way for the second and third waves of volunteers. The second wave is now in their late 20s and 30s. They have made the transition to life on Earth much more easily than the first wave. The second wave souls tend to work behind the scenes, often on their own, creating little or no karma. In these sessions I conduct as a, hip, as a hypnotist, they have been described as antennas that unconsciously channel energy onto the earth. They do not have to do anything, they just have to be. Their energy affects everyone they come into contact with. Their paradox is they are supposed to be sharing their energy, but they do not like being around people. Many first and second wave souls unconsciously realize they have children, that having children creates karma. Many do not marry in the first place unless they are fortunate enough to meet another soul to whom they can relate. They just want to do their job and go home. The third wave is a group of exceptional new children, many of whom are in their teens. These advanced children are already equipped with enhanced DNA compatible with the frequency of the new earth. They need challenges to keep them interested not drugs to treat their misdiagnosed illnesses, such as ADHD. They are the new hope of the world, unquote. It's all very confusing, but the second and third waves could coincide with the birth of the indigo children. Is there anything more in the life purpose of the indigo children? Spiritual teacher Doreen Virtue, on being interviewed on the Golden Age of Gaia website in 2002, stated the following, quote, the indigo children have been incarnating on the earth for the last hundred years. The early indigos were pioneers and the way showers. After World War II, a significant number were born, and these are the indigo adults of today. However, in the 1970s, a major wave of indigos was born, and so we have a whole generation of indigos who are now in their late 20s and early 30s who are about to take their place as leaders in the world. Indigos continued to be born up to about 2000 with increasing abilities and degrees of technological and creative sophistication, unquote. The last 100 years is totally a different timeline for the indigo children. The initial information was that indigo children were being observed from the 1960s. 
but the overall goal appears to be that positive souls take over leadership of the world. We should move on to the other descriptions of apparently special children. So let's discuss the crystal children. According to Doreen Virtue in the same interview, crystal children have a different role to the indigo children. Quote, the crystal children began to appear on the planet from about 2000, although some date them slightly earlier. These are extremely powerful children whose main purpose is to take us to the next level in our evolution and reveal to us our inner power and divinity. They function as a group of consciousness rather than as individuals, and they live by the law of one or unity consciousness. They are a powerful force for love and peace on the planet." Unquote. Other sources state that they began to appear on the planet earlier from about 1995. If at least some of this is true, there could be more hope for the human race. I would like to think so, but it gets complicated. Here's more from Doreen Virtue. The indigo and crystal adders are composed of two groups. Firstly, there are those who are born as indigos and are now making a transition to crystal. This means they undergo a spiritual and physical transformation that awakes their crystal crystal consciousness and links them with their, the crystal children as part of the evolutionary wave of change. The second group is, is those who were born with these qualities, but have acquired or are in the process of acquiring them through their own hard work and a diligent following of a spiritual path. Yes, so th this means that all of us have the potential to be part of this, or part of the emerging group of human angels, unquote. That's fascinating. We all have the potential to become like crystal children. But what color auras do crystal children have? According to spiritual teacher Rosemary Harrington's website, the aura is multicolored. Quote, the crystal children have beautiful multicolored opalescent auras in pastel hues like quartz, crystals, prism effect. This generation also harbors a fascination for crystals and rocks, hence the name crystal children, unquote. What are the characteristics of crystal children? The Awakened State website lists the following. Possess large eyes with an intense stare, have magnetic personalities, are highly affectionate, start talking late in childhood or really early, are very musically oriented and may sing before talking, use telepathy and may use self-invented sign language to communicate, may be diagnosed with autism or Asperger's syndrome, are even tempered, sweet and loving, are forgiving of others, are highly sensitive and, and empathic, are very much connected to nature and animals, exhibit healing abilities, are quite interested in crystals and rocks, often discuss angels, spirit guides, and past life memories, are extremely artistic and creative, prefer vegetarian meals and juices to regular food, may be fearless explorers and climbers with an amazing sense of balance." Unquote. What other types of positive souls are claimed by spiritual teachers to be with us on the planet? According to the Awakened State, Awakened State website, again, there are also rainbow children, diamond children, and star children. Usually you only hear about indigo children and not several different types, but who are the rainbow children? Continuing on the, uh, the content from the Awakened State website, quote, the rainbow children are generally born in the year 2000 and above. In some cases, there, there might also be a few scouts that come to Earth before 2000. The few rainbow children that are here today are born from early crystal scouts that were born in the 1980s. 
They are a first incarnation, never before been on earth, and are here to generate unconditional love and carry the gift of empathy from birth. They are born on the ninth dimension of consciousness, the dimension of collective consciousness. They will play an important role to the future of the evolution of humanity as they get older. Some of their characteristics include very few currently incarnated, parents are crystal adults, never incarnated before, no karma, do not choose dysfunctional families, they're all about service, may have big eyes like the crystal children, but they are totally trusting, entirely fearless of everybody, unquote. So there were crystal children arriving as scouts in the 1980s, some years before 1995. This is beginning to sound like a military operation, but who were the diamond children? Again, continuing from the same source, quote, these children are predicted to be the next wave of children after the rainbow children starting in 2011 to 2010 to 2011. Diamond children also said to be first timers here on earth. There are already a few born, but still need, but still need the Earth's energy to shift to a higher frequency in order to accommodate the critical mass of diamonds. Many adults must evolve in order to be the parents of the next wave of children. Diamond children are said to fully embody the divine light. They will be the most comfortable with telepathic communication, will possess instant manifestation skills and telekinesis. They have never experienced the densities of Earth and will have no concept of anger, hate, fear, greed, and separation. They are unfamiliar with the drama of Earth in relationships and between people. Diamond children are, are unable to cope with pain, suffering, and drama of old Earth energies. They will resonate to the highest frequency of divine, pure, unconditional love. They hold the DNA coding that allows those who are ready to overcome the illusion of this world. Many of the healers of this planet are now also now carry the diamond coding and can now therefore instantly awaken people. Some of their traits include many diet sensitivities organically more of a breathitarian, not normal to eat through their mouths the way we do, have many digestive issues, calling, draining, etc. Hard to process 3D energies. Negativity is like poison to them. Very intelligent and talented, have innate psychic abilities, good intuition, shy away from leadership roles, very few presently incarnated, must have evolved parents, unquote. Draining according appear to be energetic terms. Apparently draining results from unhealthy connections with others, leading to a feeling of being overburdened or a fear of panic. Calling involves taking action not to feel helpless or inadequate, by, throw, by throwing cords to others or by accepting cords. Energy is given or taken through cording. The cord appears to be a metaphor or simile for the umbilical cord. That sounded far too complicated, but what are the characteristics of the star children? The star children are also called star seeds. This is a term, this is a term used by the Awakened State website. Quote, Persons calling themselves star seeds find they, that they share in common feelings or isolation or loneliness, as though they don't quite fit in to Earth institutions and current events. A majority of star seeds are assigned here or volunteered to incarnate at this time to help assist Earth and humanity with the ascension process. I think I'll have to continue this quote after the break. Yes, after the break, we'll continue this quote about the star children 
and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. 
www.thepressurecookerclub.com. That's www. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. Guess what? You are not alone. Support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help you find a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to churchescare.com to explore the possibilities. Churchescare.com. You dot future of God Amen dot com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing the Star Children from the website The Awakened State. So, Dad, can you please continue with the quote? Sure. Uh, the ascension process involves a raising of energy to a higher vibrational frequency. For individuals, this involves a shift from a denser and egoic state of duality consciousness to a more unity and heart-based consciousness. Some of their traits include, have you ever caught yourself looking at a particular part of the nighttime sky without knowing specifically why? Is there a particular star, star system or galaxy that seems very familiar to you? Do you sense a certain frequency among starseeds that you might not sense in other people? Have you ever experienced repetitive numerical synchronicities such as 1111, 1234, 555, etc.? Do you feel like Earth is not your home? Have you ever wondered if your soul is from another star system? All believe in life on other planets. Most believe that they that most believe that have lived on another planet and can tell you about it. At an early age, they have some kind of extraterrestrial, religious, or mystical experience. Believe they have encountered alien entities or an extraterrestrial or multi-dimensional level or a being of light. Telepathic communication with an alien entity, physical or non-physical. They receive some sort of communication from a higher source a tremendous sense of urgency to fulfill their missions, hypersensitivity to sound, light, odors, Survive, uh, survived a life-threatening illness, involved in a severe accident or trauma, unquote. An egoic state means little sense of self. What do the auras look like for the rainbow, diamond, and star children? Rainbow children, as the name suggests, are reported to have auras with colors of the rainbow. I couldn't find anything on the colors of the diamond or star children's auras. Uh, but the classification timelines and descriptions for all these types of children vary with the beliefs of different spiritual teachers. All of the descriptions seem a little far-fetched and rather idolized. But even if a fraction of these New Age beliefs are true, then that puts a lot of responsibility on individuals incarnating on the earth. There has to be conflict between living a normal, everyday life and being spiritually advanced and talking about it. Yes, that's probably true, but hopefully one day being spiritually advanced means being the new normal. Either the human race is going to change or we're not going to have a planet that can support the human race. You make it sound like a life or death situation. Besides the ongoing ecological disasters, According to the London Independent newspaper in 2014, there were only 11 countries in the world which were free of some kind of conflict. That's only a small percentage of around 200 countries. 
With that sad thought, what is the first question? Why did New Age spiritual and social movements develop in the 1960s and 1970s? Basically because of the sharing of beliefs and the introduction of more Eastern religions. So people were talking more about their spiritual and religious beliefs and reaching past the norm of most religious beliefs. Why were New Age beliefs drawn heavily from, heavily from Eastern religions, particularly Hinduism? Because people were looking for new ideas to follow, and new Eastern religions and ideas provided different options for them and different belief systems. So it aligned a lot with a lot of people's beliefs. Why are New Age believers criticized for being selective about the sources of their beliefs? Because some people think they're not being full picture with it. So some of the beliefs do not have physical proof and there's not really holy text to follow. So they are criticized because there's more of these beliefs, but not really proof for where the beliefs come from. Aside from newly discovered colors from the 1960s onwards, are there 11 life colors in auras seen around people by those that are able to see them? Not always, there are more. Not counting the new color auras, how many life colors are there? It depends on who's looking at the aura. So in terms of animals, there's a lot more since they see in a different spectrum of color. For humans, the colors can range. So for one person, the color could look very hot pink. Well, to another person, it could look like light pink, depending on how the person sees it. So not everything is as straightforward as it seems. From the 1960s, why did Nancy Ann Tapp began, begin witnessing children with an indigo aura? Basically because she was able to start seeing it, and the auras were able to appear to people. So there was a timing when the auras basically shifted colors. What does a life color in an aura indicate about an individual? So the aura outside the body can actually change depending on mood, time, etc. So if you want to look into someone's actual aura, you have to look at their soul aura. And that represents a lot of qualities about them and their energy. Does a blue soul aura indicate natural psychic and intuitive gifts, as well as life purposes that include serving mankind? It can, yes. Does an indigo soul aura indicate psychic abilities, as well as life purposes that include helping others to understand the beauty and vastness of the universe and its mysteries? Again, it can. Were indigo children born between 1978 or a little earlier and 1995 or a little later? Yes and no. So some of them were born between those periods of time. But again, time is something that is a human concept. So when the souls decided to come down, it is not as straightforward as a certain set of years. So they could be between the era that you described, but also could be at different times. Do indigo children have traits that include the following? Strong-willed, possess a deep desire to help the world in a big way, vastly intelligent, and great with technology? Some of them, yes, but for the most part, yes. Do indigo children typically have difficulties with sleep or with learning, such as caused by ADHD? Not always, no. Were there three waves of volunteers for a new earth as described by the book authored by Dolores Cannon? Not exactly, no. Is there anything you can say about the waves of volunteers called for? There were three waves, yes, and a few more before, 
but the waves do not line up exactly like described. So there were some coming down at different moments of time, since it would be very difficult for them to all come down one wave and the next and the next, since that would be very predictable. In 1945, when the atomic bombs exploded over Japan, did our protectors and watchers see that Earth was on a collision course with disaster? Yes. What had, why had it happened that the human race had developed technology that could destroy the planet, while other technologies at the same time seemed primitive by comparison? Because there was extra influence and extra help. So humans had extra help with advanced technology that could be used as a weapon. Also in 1945, did the protectors and watchers send out a call for volunteers to help the Earth? Yes. Had some of the volunteers never lived in any type of physical body before? Not always, no. Had some of the volunteers lived as space beings on other planets or in other dimensions? Yes. Did these souls have a difficult time adjusting to our chaotic world? Yes and no, depending on the lessons and who the people were. Do these souls have a vital role to play as they help all of the rest of us ascend to a new Earth? Yes. Are the first wave of these souls now in their early to mid-50s to late-60s? And a few older, so you can think of it as the waves, but also some that came down at different times, so there are some that are older. Did the first wave of volunteers have difficulty adjusting to life on Earth? Yes and no, depending on the individual person. Did the first wave pioneers pave the way for the second and third waves of volunteers? Yes. Is the second wave now in their mid-30s to mid-40s? Approximately again, some here and there, but approximately. Did the second wave have an easier transition to life on Earth than the first wave? No. Do the second wave tend to, to work behind the scenes often on their own while creating little or no karma? No, there's still karma involved. Are the third wave an exceptional group, many of them, many of whom are in their 20s with enhanced DNA compatible with the frequency of the new Earth? Not 100% correct, no. What can you say about the third wave? The enhanced DNA is not always true. So yes, some DNA may be different, but that's not true for all of them. Is DNA more of a receiver than a transmitter? In other words, does DNA pick up external information? It depends on the situation, but with DNA, it's very difficult for the vessel to be changed greatly and source really intervened. So there still has to be the natural cycle of DNA. So altering the DNA cannot interfere with the natural cycle. Does the time in the first and second waves coincide with the timeline for the indigo children? Yes. But have indigo children been actually incarnating on Earth for the last hundred years? Again, time is hard, but approximately. Was there in the 1970s a major wave of indigos born? Yes. Are there an entire generation of indigos who are now in their mid to late and early 30s or about to take their place as leaders in, in the world? That could be said. Did indigos continue to be born up until the year 2000 with increasing abilities and increasing degrees of technological and creative sophistication? That also could be said. What does it take besides the condition, synesthesia, that Nancy Ann Tapp had to see people's auras? Basically, their ability is who they are, and there is also training. So some people could be trained to see auras if they already possess the ability to do so, 
but we'll have to continue after the short break. You're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.
Welcome back to Too Good To Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and the psychic insight about indigo crystal and other children. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Um, did crystal children begin to appear on the planet from about the year 2000 or a little earlier? Again, approximately. Does the timing of the arrival of the crystal children coincide with the third wave? Yes and no. Again, some crystal children were born before or after, but for the most part, they do overlap. Do the crystal children function as a group consciousness rather than as individuals living by the law of one or unity consciousness? No. So there is this oneness that people can ascend to. However, as a human, there's still the individual perspective, and society influences them to become more of an individual perspective versus a group perspective, depending on the culture. So some of them, yes, are living in oneness, while others are living more for themselves. Are the Christian, sorry, are the crystal children a powerful force for love and peace on the planet? Yes. Do crystal children have beautiful multicolored opalescent soul auras in pastel hues like a quartz crystal's prism effect? That could be said. Are indigo and crystal adults comp composed of two groups, with the first group born as indigos transitioning to crystals, with the second group being born crystals? Not exactly, no. Are they composed of two groups? Again, these lines that humans create are very dense, putting them in boxes. So these lines are more wavy lines, where yes, some transition, some are born later, but there's also one scattered. So again, it's not as predictable as people have made it seem. Do crystal children typically harbor a fascination for crystals and rocks? Yes and no, again, depending on the individual person. Do crystal children have the following characteristics? Musically oriented, highly sensitive and empathic, often discuss angels, spirit guides and past life memories and are artistic and creative. That could be so. Are there rainbow children living on the planet who were largely born in the year 2000 and later? Again, yes and no, but for the most part, yes. Why did the rainbow children arrive at about the same time as the crystal children? The overlapping was important for the energy of positivity and combining with the earth. Are there a few rainbow children that were our offspring of early crystal scouts that were born in the 1980s? That could be said. Are the rainbow children in the first incarnation on Earth and are there and are here to generate unconditional love and carry the gift of empathy from birth? Yes. Are rainbow children born on the ninth dimension of consciousness, the dimension of collective consciousness? No. Will the rainbow children play an important role in the future of the evolution of humanity as they get older? Yes. Are some of the characteristics of rainbow children as follows? No karma, not in dysfunctional families, big-eyed like the crystal children, but they are totally trusting and entirely fearless of everybody. No, again, karma is something that is going to occur no matter what, and their appearance is chosen. So some may look like that, while others don't. And also to add, some may come from dysfunctional families, since that's what's best for them to be a motivation. So it's very individualistic for them. Were the diamond children, the next wave of children after the rainbow children, starting in 2010 to 2011? It started slightly earlier, but yes. 
Are diamond children first timers here on Earth? Some of them, yes. Will Earth's energy shift to a higher frequency in order to accommodate the critical mass of diamond children? No. What is the interaction between the Earth's energy and these different types of children? They can make a positive impact, yes, but they are basically have to make the choice to do so. So it's not an automatic process. Do diamond children exhibit telepathic communication, possess instant manifestation skills, and telekinesis? Some, but again, it's on an individual basis. Do diamond children have no concept of anger, hate, fear, greed, or separation? No, that's a myth. Do diamond children hold DNA coding that allow those who are ready to overcome the illusions, illusion of this world? They could be said. Do diamond children have traits that include the following? Aversion to negativity, which is like poison to them. Highly intelligent and talented. Exhibit innate psychic abilities and possess good intuition. Yes. Do diamond children typically have diet sensitivities or digestive issues? That could be said, yes. If diamond children are, are organically more breathitarian, were it not normal to eat through the mouth? How do they survive as human beings? They adapt to their new vessel. So the description applies to life before arriving on planet Earth? Correct, and with a soul that needs to adapt to its new vessel. So they may struggle with it, but eventually they get the hang of it. What exactly are cooling and draining? That's a very complicated process, but it is not 100% true, nor does it really matter to the actual human vessel. So it's not really relevant. Is it just something energetic? Yes, it's energetic. Do star children have feelings of isolation or loneliness while not comfortable with Earth institutions and current events? That could be said. Were star children assigned to planet Earth or volunteer to incarnate at this time to help assist Earth and humanity with the ascension process? Yes. Does the ascension process involve the raising of Earth's energy to a higher vibra vibrational frequency? Yes. Do some of the traits of star children include experience of repetitive numerical synchronicities such as 1111, 1234, 555, etc., wondering whether the soul is from another star system, have had at an early age some kind of extraterrestrial, religious, religious or mystical experience, and have a hypersensitivity to sound, light, or odors? For some of them, yes, but again, not all. So it's a very individualized based on the lessons and how they're adapting. And the extraterrestrial one is for sure not always true, since that's a characteristic of some. But extraterrestrial beings visit all different types of people, not just them. Do rainbow children, as their name suggests, have rainbow soul auras? Yes. What does the soul aura look like for a diamond child? It's more of a metallic, so you can think of it as kind of a metal. What is the soul aura appearance for a star child? That's very complicated since it's not in the spectrum of humans, but it's more of an iridescent shape, almost filled with pastels, if you could see it as a human. Are there indigo, crystal, rainbow, diamond, and star children present because different ranges of characteristics and abilities are needed by the planet? That could be said. How badly does a planet need indigo, crystal, rainbow, diamond, and star children? Right now the planet is in the state of chaos, so yes, they're very helpful. And they also bring hope and peace and positive characteristics to the planet. 
So the problem is that if the planet is destroyed, there's no place for humans to go or to live. So it's not only about saving the planet, but also saving human life. And with a lot of negativity and the bad things occurring on Earth, there needs to be this positivity to balance it out. What can we learn from the New Age movement? Basically, that everyone should form their own beliefs and follow what they believe is true. So some of the beliefs seem far-fetched or different for most people. But there are others that will accept you for you and accept the beliefs that you believe in, no matter how different they sound. So basically, people should try to be as accepting as and positive to each other as possible and understand that everyone has their own beliefs. What can we learn from the belief that indigo, crystal, rainbow, diamond and star children are among us? That there's hope and there are different people who were sent down to help in a positive manner and that they are very special. And that's why it's very important to treat children the correct way from when they're young, since you don't know what or who that child is and what they are going to do when they're older. That was the last answer. Are indigo, crystal, rainbow, diamond and star children too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, that was all rather surprising. I'd heard about indigo children before this week, and I sort of thought about them as generically, like there were just these specially gifted children being born to help us all. But I had no idea that there were all these different uh, descriptions of children. I think the one point that I kind of took from everything is that the last um, question about children and just the whole fact that you don't know what a child's going to do when you're older. So not even in the terms of being a spiritual child, but any child, any person can change and do something amazing. So that's kind of like the overall message I got from the show is that anyone can make a positive change. Anyone can do something amazing. And I don't want to be cliche and say change the world, but that's kind of the overall message I got is that we all can do our individual part to change the world. Yes. Um, Dolores Cannon with her uh, ascension of the earth and, and uh, the, um, shift to a higher vibrational frequency. Maybe that's a discussion for another show. We really didn't have time to go into it very much today, but that apparently appears to be the main purpose of these different type of children coming down on Earth and uh, providing us with a with a with a with with hope. I should say. I must say, after today, I'm much more optimistic. Well, with that, we're always open to listener suggestions, since today was one of your suggestions, Dad. So you can contact us at our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first T, or the first two spelled T-W-O, or our website at TooGoodToBeTrue.net. And as always, thank you so much to the listeners. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we look forward to next week's show.
Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like exxon sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.